I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. We began the program today with a remembrance of Margaret Thatcher, the former British prime minister who passed away today at the age of 87. Thatcher is remembered by many Americans simply as the Iron Lady. Remember the movie last year that earned Meryl Streep an Oscar for playing Thatcher? But then there are the other movies about Thatcher and her policies and what happened after she took apart the largely social welfare state that had defined Great Britain for decades before her. That theme of trickle-down economics, privatization of public companies, mandated by a conservative government, and how that affected whole communities of people became a virtual subgenre of British films for several years. The Full Monty, Brassed Off, and Billy Elliot, they all dealt with the blowback of what happened when government support evaporated where it once existed. And lo, God created the Tory party. May God forgive you. God! In this scene from Brassed Off, the trombone player for the Coal Pit marching band is about to lose his dad to TB. To keep his job, he's crossed the picket line at the coal pit. All he's got left is a part-time job playing a clown at birthday parties, and he vents his anger at the kids at the party on all that's wrong, pointing to Christ on the cross. He can take John Lennon. He can take those three young lads down at Ainsley Pit. He's even thinking of taking my old man and Margaret Bloody Thatcher lives. But what's he studying playing at, eh? If you were a coal miner during the Thatcher years, you might have thought God wasn't on your side either. The world's Patrick Cox was the reporter on a story about that mine in Brastoff as part of a larger series on class around the world. Um, Patrick, when it comes to class and Thatcher, this was a side of Great Britain that many Americans had never seen. Yeah, indeed. It was mainly just through the movies. And and one of the guys that I spoke to who was a miner at, at this pit called Grimethorpe, I came across him because of what he was doing now, taking people on tours of a coal mine nearby that had become a mining museum. It no longer was a working coal mine, but they wanted to show people how they used to uh, work the pit. Right. I mean, many years ago, you might have seen How Green Was My Valley with Roddy McDowell. This was industrial mining, and a lot was at stake, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the the guys that I spoke to at the time had absolutely no doubt who it was who uh, changed their lives forever. And that, that is Margaret Thatcher. This was a person who, you know, when she came to power, she made it immediately clear that she wanted to modernize Britain. Most of the coal mines and the steelworks and, and what have you were all owned by the British government. And she wanted to privatize them. And she didn't appear to care what happened to the people who worked there. You can hear it in her voice. You can hear it here where she's talking about a new model British citizen, not someone who pays union dues, but but buys shares. It should be as natural for people to own shares as it is to own their own home or to own a car. People should not be classified as either earners or owners, as either employees or shareholders. They should be both. And you can really hear that stridency there. This most Absolutely. un-English, I think, Marco. You know, this is, this is somebody who's saying, you're either with me or against me in, in that kind of almost George W. Bush mode. You know, it's, it's, people have often compared Margaret Thatcher 
to Ronald Reagan. And I'm not sure if that's the case. Reagan had great charm, even if you didn't agree with him. With Margaret Thatcher, it was more difficult to like her if you didn't agree with her politics. So, Patrick, you lived through the Thatcher years. This is a story you know well. When you start hearing this voice of this new prime minister for the first time, you hear lines like the one we just heard, that strident voice. How did that strike you? Oh, it almost sends shivers down your spine. I mean, it certainly sends you back to a time when Britain was a very different place. And, you know, growing up then, I I wasn't a journalist. I was working in the theater. And I remember designing the sound for a show that was about the miners' strike. It was actually almost taking place in real time during the miners' strike. And we would have miners outside the theater fundraising for the miners' families. And and this was a a no-holds-barred attack on the Thatcher government's decision to privatize the, these mines resulting in the miners' strike. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was very different times. I remember another play that I went to see. This was at a time when a lot of people felt very demeaned by what Thatcher was doing. Um, and, and in this play, I think people tried to sort of demean her back. She was portrayed as this sort of vaudevillian striptease artist who stripped down buck naked. And I, I think the idea was just to, to humiliate the image of, of Margaret Thatcher and, and make people in the audience feel good. It was, there, there, there was that degree of, of vitriol directed against her. You might say that striptease artist stripped down to the full Monty. Um, so we've talked about film. We've talked about theater. Um, music, also very important. Margaret Thatcher inspired many British musicians in the 1980s and not in a flattering way either. Uh, vilified by everyone, uh, it seems, from Morrissey, Pink Floyd, Elvis Costello, of course, and obviously Billy Bragg. Uh, we've heard that name a lot today. What's your take on the anti-Thatcher music scene during this time period? Oh, it was incredible. I mean, it just never seemed to stop. There was so much of it. I can't think of another politician, English-speaking politician anyway, who's had so many songs written about her that that also, actually, a lot of them (laughs) were really quite popular. There's another band who you, you may remember, UB40, mainly known for kind of sweet reggae covers. But in among them is this song called Madame Medusa, which is all about Maggie Thatcher. Wow. Madame Marusa. This was this was very early in UB Forty's career. They were very much one of this this movement of do-it-yourself bands who you know put out songs on their own record label or or some small independent record label. They they were incredibly hardworking and would really put in hours, night times, weekends, you name it. They would get it done. And in retrospect, I, I realized that this was something of a you know a, a Thatcher ideal. This was how she wanted. The whole of Britain to work as even small businesses. She herself was the daughter of uh, a guy who ran a corner grocery store, and you know, in a different context, I think she would have been quite proud of some of these these bands that were putting out these songs, highly critical of her. Well, it's ironic, isn't it? Because uh, Thatcher, as a good old capitalist, wanted people to work hard and pull themselves up by their bootstraps. <laughs> by being Margaret Thatcher, she got all these artists motivated to work hard and pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Oh, oh, very much so. And they just didn't stop until she was done. The world's Patrick Cox landing us on the Margaret Thatcher cultural legacy. Thanks so much. You're very welcome, Marco.